Running on fumes, come on down to the Doom Room. I'm Alex, and I'm doomed. Don't you dare assume, because you're in the Doom Room. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> I'm Justin, and I'm doomed. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 11, Francis Patrol. So, brief bit of recap here, in case it has been a while since you watched the so episode. so much fun with the naming. Uh, <laughs> Yes, again, very appropriate to what happens in the episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's get... worth the wait. Let worth me just say, it, it's actually not that much fun. It's just what? The, it's just what, what? happens. It's no. a regular well, amount it was of fun. One of the, no, one of the most amazing moments of television I've seen in a long time. Well, just, it's just wait what their until mission you, is. Yeah, just, just wait what their until you is. find out about uh, Francis. About literally any other television show. They also have episode titles. Did you know that? No, but come on. I mean, the whole time you're like, who's Francis? And then the reveal, and then, oh, come on. So we got a couple of things going on here now that everybody is awake, no longer in the underground. Uh, Larry is sort of off on his own thing, figuring out what the negative spirit is trying to tell him. Ultimately, he connects in person with John, his love from back in the day, uh, and gets some closure there in a really on. beautiful way. Meanwhile, Jane takes Cliff and Rita to get some closure of Cliff's own, specifically with his daughter, Clara. Uh, After Bump dies, uh, uh, he kills an alligator, gets a watch, leaves it for her, and uh, the... Falling Atlanta- my eyes out. Yeah. Balling my freaking eyes out. That's and the last thing we get is some stuff going on with Cyborg. He, as we sort of suspected, oh, some man. things are going wrong with Grid. Some things are going wrong with his technology. And ultimately, by the end of the episode, he has been captured by the Bureau of Normalcy, taken to the Ant Farm. So bad things for him. Uh, yes. You were going to say uh, something, Justin. Yeah. I was going to say, this this show swings for the fences. This episode alone could have been a season. Was it your favorite? Was it your favorite of the whole? It's hard. I don't pick favorites of, any, of anything because uh, I'm dead right. inside. But okay. what I am right, saying right. is that this episode is great. And it, the emotional payoffs in this episode were oh huge God. for two major characters. Yeah. And, and yet we still have. You're talking about a, Bump and the Alligator, right? Yeah, exactly. The end of the Francis story was Fra- sad for Francis. the Gator, the Gator fans out there. This Gator mm-hmm. goes down, and we off off panel, off, off panel. Screen. So maybe not dead because if you die off panel, uh, you know you. Do you the think Francis the ga- character didn't really live on panel though either? Oh, so. <laughs> Do you think Francis just coughed up the watch? Is that what happened, Pete? Well, it could be uh, a Romance of the Stone situation where uh, you're, you're going to have to explain that. Well, he ex- uh, the you know the main character explains it died right in its arms. So Michael Douglas, uh, and then she says that no place I'd rather be. I mean, come on. I that appreciate was a, the fact that, that wasn't a great a- explanation of the uh, <laughs> Romancing the Stone, where the main character played by Michael Douglas kills a gator and shows up in gator skin boots. Yeah, at the end. And says that line. Great. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that both of you guys are making references just for each other, and I'm just right over no, my head. This episode. There for all of us, Alex, mm-hmm. it's just you're horribly underinformed. Just as a person. <laughs> now, just, just to check culturally, this, romancing, the Romancing the Stone thing, was that another segment on America's Funniest Home P- <laughs> People? Now that's a good reference right there. Ooh, so you might take. as well have said, hey, you idiots, is this just another <laughs> America's Funniest People reference? No. Romancing the Stone is a great action Rom-com. romance. 
um, in a comedy yeah. um, from the, I want to say, late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, how yeah. about this, Alex? Is Francis Patrol the same Francis as Francis Ha? Uh, yes, probably. I do know what Romancing the Stone is. And there was, wasn't the sequel Romancing the Nile? And it was bad, right? Correct. Oh, it's been well, largely removed I mean, from uh, the canon. I do remember watching Romancing the Stone and being like, I don't know what's going on here. I it doesn't hold movie. up, but yeah. man, there's a lot of fun moments in Romancing the Stone. I mean, and there's on. a lot of fun moments in this Danny episode DeVito. of Doom Patrol. So we should get yeah, okay. into it and talk oh, yeah, about right. this episode of Doom you're Patrol. Right. Romancing the Doom. Now, why don't we start with the Larry storyline? All of these storylines are very well contained into each other, even though everybody is overlapping, at least at the beginning of the episode. But the Larry one, like Pete was mentioning, really got me right here. I think I mentioned a couple of episodes back, the Danny, the street episode is my favorite episode. And I think a large part of that is how emotional Larry's storyline is here. Mm. And the closure we get, is so surprising. Like there is no world going into this episode where I thought a John is alive and B these visions that he have, he's having are actually John, but that's exactly what's going on here. Just so cool and beautiful. And like, yeah, the whole like carrying him, like there was so many small, unbelievable payoffs that it was just, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if you'd watch this and stay dry eyed. And it's not just that it's about the tragedy of it. Um, it is very sad at points, um, but it's also very hopeful. And it's uh, you feel really good for what Larry goes through and arrives at here. But it's also like very romantic. And their relationship yeah. is like super hot throughout the whole scene. Like the first scene where they're like uh, they meet up. It's very like this like forbidden love. They don't ever get to like be with each other. Can then we, they're like, they have sex, drink whiskey, eat steak sandwiches. Like they're living the dream in uh, <laughs> <laughs> their but, moments. And he says, I love you. Like it's just really great across so many different ways. Yeah. I mean, even like the kind of closure that LT gets to have at the end of this is unbelievable. But the fact that the light being did all this for him was just also so touching the fact that like he wouldn't have got this at all if he, uh, you know, didn't, uh, you know, kind of pay attention to that being that lives inside. It's just it's beautiful on many levels, but it's also great to see LT moving forward. But we got to talk about that first shot for a second there you saw this amazing old car just kind of coasting down the road and if it pans up and the road is like driving into the moon i mean it look i I don't know if that's what heaven is or what but then just pans over and you see the driving into the moon (laughs) hey man heaven heaven is driving a car on the road to the moon yeah old bob Uh, dylan LePage. it was pretty uh it was pretty beautiful shot um, but I, I just think that the, the, Turn the page. All, all the little details in this was just, uh, really fantastic. Uh, before we continue to move forward, is there anything else that happened before that initial shot that you want to talk about, Pete, or are you going to go this episode? <laughs> oh, wow. Look be. at you. <laughs> yeah, I just no, want to make I... sure before I start to get emotionally invested in talking about Larry's storyline that we have to jump back to what you did three days ago. 
Don't okay. poke the uh, yeah, ancient yeah. ghost. Yeah, bear. I'm not going to go into the uh, you know the DC flip bit. It's okay. We can move. You know. Um, I well, are you sure he, you don't want to, Pete? You don't want to try to call stop. it a name? <laughs> Get out of here! See? I mean, the reason Get I bring it up is because I looked up what it was actually called, Pete. Really? Yes, and in fact, it is called. Are you ready for this? The DC logo. <laughs> Mm, it's yeah. called the DC Classic logo. DC. And here's a little more information about it. It is 3D, 2D animation designed by a lady named Dawn Chenette. Yeah, Dawn. She's an art director and motion <laughs> designer based in Los Angeles. She also created, Dawn. you know, the DC logos at the end that sort of have a little animation oh, yeah. based on the hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, she designed the Flash and Aquaman first, and then they based the rest of the Justice League off of that. Uh, and she's uh-huh. done a bunch of other projects as well. So there you go. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. For... I appreciate that you were like, I'll put out this fire with a bucket of information. But <laughs> I'm so sorry, but that's not how Pete LePage works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to next episode where Pete's going to be like, all apologies to Dawn Jeanette, but this is yeah. called the, and then yeah. offer up five other names. Um, uh, back to Larry, though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I did want to say I love the sort of arc here in this episode with Larry and the light being and just overall the season so far, like Larry's begging the, uh, to be let back into the dream and yeah. the light being's like, yo chill. I'm working on something. I have a project I'm working on. It's great. You don't even know you're actually connecting with the real John. And then mm-hmm. we're going to do that. I've bought a bunch of post-it notes when you were sleeping and I've been hanging up in your room. Uh, and it, it's reinforcing my theory that I think the light being is a part of Larry, sort of the good part of Larry that he has so, so broken away from with the, his, like the hate he has for himself and his life. And he needs to get himself back together physically. Well, I'll throw something else out at you, which ties into that interview that Niles did with the negative spirit back in the day where he the light said, being light being sure where he said, torture is, I think part of this in a totally non-selfish way is the light being trying to alleviate that torture because perhaps it feels everything that Larry is feeling. So Mm. to bring him to this place of emotional closure with John, almost more importantly for the life of the show than John, to bring Larry and the light being together and working together and communicating with each other, that's something that's going to lessen that torture that he's feeling so that, I don't know, maybe he can go free. Maybe he can go somewhere. Maybe Larry can let go of that part of him. Or to your point, Justin, if it is actually part of him, incorporated him more fully into himself. And I want to kind of get back into what Justin was talking about, the big swings. Like we went from this beautiful kind of like LT moment of like, let me back in, please let me back in to like Cliff kind of staring off, you know, from his race car set, uh, you know, having kind of maybe a moment. And then all of a sudden, a giant alligator accident kills Bump, uh, you know, and it's kind of like, wait, what is going on? So like the, the, it goes from, from absurd to hilarious in seconds, but still feels like the same show. It's, uh, it's really impressive. Yeah, uh, I agree. And then like, the fact, like you're saying, this episode is making us cry. I would restate what um, Beard Hunter said last episode. Fuck, this is us. Hey, come on, man. We don't need Does, that show. We can cry at this show. 
Does Milo Ventimiglia, and I've never watched This Is Us, so maybe he does. Does he also have an additional dinosaur head? No. Uh, no then not as good. He of a does show. have a really good beard, though. No. Um, does he I, save the cheerleader at any point in This Is Us? <laughs> or the world? Uh, he does save people from burning building. I think that counts. But I think that... Doesn't he uh, die in there? Doesn't a crock pot kill him or something? I've read a couple of headlines. Oh, you know what? This isn't going <laughs> to be... You get it, then, this, Alex. Yeah. You know, this, this it's like watching a TV show. This isn't fun. Anyway, so Rita uh, doubles down on the whole Karen moment, which is hilarious. Straight out. Just, Hold on. You're going through yeah, the storylines <laughs> way too fast. Well, I'm excited. And Here's the I thing. I'm starting to think you ranking on the DC logo as your anchor there. And <laughs> yeah. without that, you're just spiraling uh, out yeah, of control yeah. and want to talk about everything at the same time. Alex the, took away your tiny Tim crutch, and I even understand. <laughs> just like in A Christmas Carol, they take away Scrooge takes away his crutch, and then tiny Tim starts airplaning all over London going, what's the only thing holding him back? Wait. <laughs> that, that's your Pete impression you just did, right? What yes. was that? <laughs> it was Pete. It was Tiny Tim. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Oh, also yeah. a turkey. Another scene that we could talk about, though, in the Larry storyline that I thought was great was when... Oh, we're just negative... sticking Larry? The whole, we're just doing finishing... There's more, to, there's more to say. There's more to yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, we can go back... Yeah, we're only going to talk about Larry, and then we're going to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. You're good at that, right? Yeah, or you yeah. don't have time to cover this alligator thing. I hope you didn't want to talk oh, about Oh, man. That. That's all I want to talk about. Yeah. Maybe we can work it a little bit about Rita eating chicken wings, but that's probably all the time. Oh, come on, dude. That was a fun moment. I mean, so just great. choose. Just choose between gator and chicken wings, Peter. You have to choose. We can't do both. We don't have time for both. Not in another selfie's choice. <laughs> Again, just like in the movie, just split them both in half. That's how you solve that problem. Mm. And then switch the halves. Gator wings. Gator wings. Hmm. You're onto something there. Anyway, Gators, Larry Gators has this great scene where the negative spirit takes him to this bar in public instead, and John is getting on him about even in a place where they could be free, Larry is still scared. He's still hiding in himself. And this is a pretty obvious one, and we've talked about this even before, but it really ties into this idea of Larry has this thing hiding inside of him, but really he is hiding inside of himself even more than the negative spirit is. And that really comes out nicely in the scene. I just loved how this played out, and I loved what Matt Bomer does throughout this episode in terms of his openness in the motel, how he shuts down in the bar, and ultimately just through the voice acting at least, as well as whoever is, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the guy who does the body of Larry Trainer in those scenes towards the end with John. It's just very gentle, nuanced work throughout the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's really uh, just... And I do think... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think in this, this episode, two of our main characters open up and really confront all of the issues that have been holding them back one more successful than the other. But the fact that we get both of these storylines happening at the same time is really shocking and impressive. And also the line, you haven't fucked anyone since JFK. Yeah. I mean, that's like, and they were and laughing. JFK got fucked harder than anybody. Oh <laughs> my God. What the, dude. He's, wow, no, he's voted soon, by wow. Pete. No, soon. I mean, why? BuzzFeed the voted him. The fact that that was your first thought is really messed up, man. BuzzFeed voted him the most fucked president. <laughs> um, now, does this imply that Larry had sex with JFK? Mm. No. No, it does not. Something Maybe. to think about. I don't know. Um, now, I do, do you think, I did, oh, go ahead. 
well, last thing. Do you think um, John at the end uh, fell asleep or died? <laughs> I, I think in my died. notes, I wrote down, and then John dies, and then he put the blanket over his lap, and I was like, delete, 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 falls asleep. So I'm not sure. Because it was, it was sort of like a scene like, well, he died so I can leave. But also it was like, you're not going to say anything to the lady? Because <laughs> the lady's going to be like, hey, this dude in bandages killed the guy. <laughs> I'm sure he did. You know what I mean? We had to Die? find out. Yeah. No, I'm sure he talked to the lady on the way out. No, he just gets up and walks out. He's yeah, like, but- thanks. He's like, thank you, light being. Goodbye, corpse. <laughs> or sleepy. I'm, I'm sure that just we didn't see that part. I'm sure it happened. Anyways, I want to get back to no, the... No, no, wait. Do you think he died or just fell asleep, Pete? Died. Mm. I think he fell asleep. Really? Yeah. I think died. It's yeah, a I weird think... thing to do if he dies and then you gently place a blanket on somebody to keep them warm because that doesn't matter to a corpse. Wow. He would have put the were... blanket over his face or something like that. Right. To keep his face warm because yeah, he's sleeping. Exactly. Yeah, oh I guess God. the two telltale signs is if you blanket the hands, sleeping. If you close <laughs> their eyes, dead. <laughs> blanket on the hands, full asleep. Blanket on the head, not making a peep yeah. because they're dead. Bla- blanket on the hands, the man of sands is there. <laughs> what? <laughs> blanket on the head. What is happening? It's it's scythe time instead. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I think it's blanket on the head. You're fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Pete. You love this, right? Yeah, this is my worst nightmare. Um, but, but, but poetry, poetry, Pete. Oh my god! You know your buddies on your This Is Us podcast aren't as fun as us. <laughs> they never recite poetry. Yeah. By the way, how is Crockpot doing? <laughs> oh my god. You and your boy Crockpot. I want to talk about <laughs> and Sir uh, cries LT, a lot. LT and John. Uh, the fact that, like, you know, this was such a huge LT kind of episode, but also the fact he got to see John's like pictures of his life, other things he got to do. Like, it was a nice like the fact that he pushed him away initially. Felt really wrong, but like the fact that he did kind of like let him have a a great life and, you know, they got to see each other at the end. It's beautiful. The fact that like he made it either before he died or before he went on a nap, you know, is great, (laughs) you know? Well, and I will say, I I think another show might have taken the story like John being like, I waited for you and like going that way. And the fact that he's like, you didn't get over me? And, and we see pictures of him and, like, I assume that was Jimmy Buffett he was dating. Uh, oh, come on, Some man. sort of parrot head in that picture. <laughs> oh, my God. They're, Pete. like, both Hawaiian shirts and bucket hats. They're clearly parrot heads. That's the only person who would wear that is Jimmy Buffett, I agree. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pete, yeah. you, from the very first episode here, were very against Larry and very against his relationship and doing things on the DL and everything. It sounds like you've really turned a corner in terms of this plot line. Is that well, correct? Well, because LT's finally growing and, like, doing stuff and getting outside and making a difference. And, like, yeah, go see John, dude. Like, come on. Like, try to so, heal some of these open wounds that you have. So do you think, then, is it okay 
to cheat on your wife as long oh as you get god. emotional growth out of it. Is that what you're oh suggesting, my. Pete? Oh my god, that's awful. No, next obviously he's got to go after his family. He's doing baby. His wife steps died to... of cancer a couple of <laughs> years. I back. did think in '89. I did think it was. Or maybe weird she's when... taking a nap. We're not 100 percent sure. <laughs> Check the blanket. Check, Check the blanket. Is it over the head or is it over the head? Is there a doctor in the house? Someone needs to check this blanket. I can't tell if they're living or dead. Is my my wife? Is she napping or is she dead? Please. Um, I think. Um, uh, I thought it was interesting when he's like, "Yeah, I have two sons," and eh, I don't know. I'm not going to check in with that, especially when the other part of this episode was someone desperately trying to reconnect with their kid, and Larry's like. I'm not going to talk to those kids. Uh, uh, kids. Boys. Kids are gross. Ugh, yeah. Well, I also did, before we move on to one of the other characters, appreciated the fact that we got an explanation about how he lived so long and stayed relatively young. Just, I mean, it's an offhand explanation of, yeah, it's the radiation. That's what did it to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I like that. We've been slowly working down the list of why everybody is so old and it's okay. And that's good to me. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good radiation. Yeah. Why don't we move to the other big storyline and talk about Cliff reconnecting with his daughter, Clara, because there's a lot of fun moments there, not least of which is, of course, Francis, the alligator. But Pete, what do you think about the storyline? Okay, so the let's just talk about it first. I mean, the fact that, you know, Francis turns out to be the alligator, ends up killing Bump, Bump's trying to get this watch, and then... Did Cliff, you notice that the title of the episode was actually Francis Patrol, yeah. which set that up? That was really interesting. So it's setting up a lot of things. But then when you finally see the gator and the gator full on does like this unbelievable jump out of the water at Cliff. I mean, that was really badass. Like I just started laughing out of pure enjoyment of like, that's such a huge setup. And then also a fun delivery of what could happen. Um, I, I just, yeah. I mean, this show was having fun. I'm having fun. This is just as if such a fun thing to do for a cutaway, you know, and then later we see Cliff with the watch, like just great. Just, it's amazing that that gator, that Francis, the gator was able to do that when it was full of bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could see a big, it had a big bump in it. Bump. What did you guys yeah, think of literally the name of the bump. bar was salty bumps, right? Uh, what yes, you think about Jai that? was not a fan of Salty Pretty Bumps. Pretty gross. I would not go into a place called Salty Bumps. Well, the Salty Bump Bumps is, is not for you. Do we know why his name is Bump? No. Is it short for something? Did he like to do bumps of cocaine so people gave it to him as like a like a fun nickname? Yeah. Or bump Maybe cars. he had a bump on his head or something and people just called him mm. Bump, you know? I used to have a bump on my head. You guys never called me Bump. Oh, no, that's true. That's missed that we did huge call, missed opportunity. We did call you Salty Bubs, though. <laughs> that's true. But that was, was a, for my uh, horrible rash. Mm-hmm. That was it's a fun rash. time. This whole storyline was good. I'm glad we finally got to it. Uh, I don't feel like it went on too long, so I don't want to imply that. But Cliff has spent so much time avoiding seeing his daughter, even though that was his main thing from the very beginning. To finally get it here in this way where... He doesn't tell her, but he gets to see her and he gets to do something for her. I mean, yeah, the the fact of like he kind of like, you know, he's stalling. He doesn't know what to do. He's just kind of watching. And then you're like, oh, God, what is he going to do? Just blurt out all this stuff on this, uh, you know, poor person while they're trying to work their shift, you know? So it was like 
the fact that he stormed over just as there was going to be a thing and he got to like hold her hand and help her up was and the flashback it was just that such moment, a beautiful oh that moment when adult uh, Clara grabbed his finger and it flashed to uh, baby Clara grabbing his uh, uh, Cliff's human hand I thought that was such an emotional punch that I did not see coming and really got me. It was yeah. just that was so sweet. It's really well done. Are you thinking about like when you're later in life going to be this robot and then you hold your child's hand and you'll flash back to like when you guys were both I, human? I was thinking about the time that um, I helped you um, onto a stage that we were doing a show. <laughs> Pete, a lot of people don't know this if they're just listening to the podcast, but we'll always just grab you by one finger very gently and just kind of hold it. That's that's how I get on stage. He's very sweet. He's a big baby. Yeah. He's our big baby. Yeah. Oh, boy. He's our big old salty bumps. (laughs) So salty bumps. Um, Jumping back to the beginning, I wanted to say Cliff realizes this. It's his time. He has to go do this now. He's been procrastinating and just bailing on it to your point, Alex, for so long. And he's finally pushed into it so much so that he is, he's been so concerned with Jane for so many episodes. And then she, she's like, flit, I need you. And Jane's like, he gives her him more of like, Hey, that's not what we're doing right now. But flit reacts to cliff. Cause I think flit and the other personalities inside Jane know that cliff did go to the wall for her. Yeah. Um, recently. So flit, appears rises to the surface and takes uh cliff and rita down to to florida so i thought that was a cool moment yeah went to the well for a structural slash emotional question but why don't you think from a writing perspective why don't you think they sent jane down with cliff and the reason i ask that is because rita and cliff haven't really hung out much so i get the idea of we keep mixing around the different pairings so we can find out more about everybody but jane as the surrogate daughter to Cliff, or at least what Cliff wants her to be or seems to want her to be, to throw her into a situation where she gets to see him with his real daughter. I feel like that makes a lot of logical sense, but why didn't they do that? Why didn't they go for that right now? Well, I think Rita is a good kind of like person when it comes to like, uh, uh, you know, drama and that kind of like stuff that Cliff needs to be dealing with. I thought Rita was an interesting choice of like w- kind of knows maybe what somebody should do in a social uh, setting of like, you know, but I-, I think it's also fun that Rita kind of gets stuck with Cliff, especially later when she's just screaming and when she thinks he kind of like fried his circuits or something. Um. I, I don't know. I do like that they're mixing it up, but, but mm-hmm. I, it didn't really kind of occur to me of like, why this parent? Yeah, it didn't. It, I don't think it's to the detriment of the episode. It just sort of feels like a no brainer to bring Jane into that situation. So it implies to me, and again, even though I've seen it, I don't specifically remember. It implies to me that there is something coming down the pike in terms of not resolving that relationship, but moving it forward into a different way now that Cliff has actually seen his daughter. And I think at the end of the episode, sort of decided to leave her alone, let her move on with her life. Was that your impression oh, of where things were left or no, not at all? I think it's a it's a polite way of kind of like trying to introduce himself into her life. You know what I mean? Of like being cautious and kind of like, but, you know, here, got this for you. Well, yeah, I mean, I 
I think Rita is there. She's been like the best friend role, like literally mm-hmm. in the Karen episode. And then I think she is sort of helping everyone, dragging them along the way to their sort of better selves, which I think is an interesting role. And she seems to be in this episode, she's coming to her own self a little bit more by going by her name, Gertrude Cramp, which is not a stage name. Uh, oh, come on. Well, but I'll tell you what, Gertrude oh, Gertie? Cramp. Come can on, definitely let's eat a plate of chicken wings. Rita Farr cannot. Yeah, that's 100% right. Gertie can put down the chicken. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, Alex, I think Jane would have tipped the balance away mm-hmm. from, and it's too much exposure for Cliff, I think, um, just from, a, like, he, he needed to be there so he could not be pushed into talking. And Jane would have been like, deal with this. We got to go do other stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just a way of letting Cliff sort of walk up to his story a little bit uh, easier. I think that makes sense, particularly because Rita's role is usually, I could care less about any of this stuff. And certainly yeah. she's trying to care more now and she's trying to get more involved. But like you said, it's more in a supportive way. Uh, another detail we should mention in terms of the Jane Rita thing is at the beginning of the episode, we do get Jane being more proactive about everything calling a meeting, trying to find the chief, and forcing everybody to actually look at this comic that Danny provided a couple of episodes back, uh, which is appreciated, and even (laughs) pointing out to them that uh, Flex Mentallo is missing. And they're like, how did you figure that out? And she's like, I looked at it. It was Mentallo's (laughs) Flex Mentallo. Get with the program, you idiots. So I like this new Jane. We We were right there. It's yeah. uh, only the rest of the Doom Patrol. They don't even like to be called the Doom Patrol that are too yeah, far Yeah, it turns behind. out. Yeah. But I do like, I like this new Jane that cares who has come out of this underground situation. Uh, that's, it's interesting to watch these characters over the course of 11 episodes slowly try to become more proactive about things and then rail against it and then push backwards and swish who is the one who's like, why aren't we doing anything? And then the next episode, that person will be like, well, I'm really bummed out about what happened to the last episode, so let's not yeah. do anything, which feels very true in a way, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I tried last time, so I'm done trying now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, And I also think uh, the um, – I think Jane was the episode where they went to the school. She, I think she spent all of her life being like, no one can help me. I'm lost. Who cares? And then I think she got the taste, she mentions it in this episode, that, that Niles was going to put her in that place, and there was a reason why. And so she wants to find out why. Like, maybe there is a plan for her to get out. And with her experience in the underground with Cliff, there's a little more hope there. So she's much more proactive because of that, I think. Uh, why don't we keep talking about this storyline? It's mostly Cyborg. There's not a ton of Jane in this episode, though the connection there is that There's this big central conversation they have about loss of control. But the big Mm -hmm. thing here is that Cyborg finds out what we speculated a little bit about last episode, that Grid seems to be taking over in some way, ultimately leading to Cyborg shutting down his operating system in this episode. Uh, What do you think about what's going on with him? The hor- it was horrifying when he cut open his arm. Oh, yeah. That was his very intense. Well, and that's the thing. It's just like crazy to... I loved his monologue where he kind of like as he's talking, he realizes, oh, wait, me and Jane kind of do have similar problems where we're not kind of completely in tro- control like other people can be at the controls. And, and yeah. it, so it was like a really interesting moment where like Vic's kind of saying this out loud and he's like, are you fucking serious? That's my whole life. 
that I've been dealing with that. So like it was kind of a cool bonding moment, you know? Yeah. I like that quite a bit as well. A couple of other things, uh, just as I'm looking through my notes here, I really liked Cliff yelling, watch in the swamp. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. I mean, Cliff swore also so much yelling he... for Francis, like here, Francis, like very funny. Cliff swore so much that he fully shut down for a while in this episode. Did you get worried about a robot wandering around in a river? I thought he was going to rust shut immediately. Yeah, it's real oil can situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it but, was I mean, swamp, he's, cobalt, he's cobalt steel, as we learned um, today in this episode. So that's maybe pretty good against rust. Yeah, the, having the, uh, the kind of car guys uh, looking over Cliff and being uh, kind of talking like he was a car was really funny. Now, do you guys want me to explain what the theatrical warm-ups that, that Rita was doing in this episode? Because uh, I, as a classically no. trained actor, I'm happy to walk you through. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so it's just uh, here's <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Look who yeah. wasn't prepared to actually do it. It's like you had no. never read An Actor Prepares by Uta Hagen. Ooh, wow. Alex digging wow. deep into the old brain. Uh, no, he does. Hoggers. We do a little red leather, yellow leather, a little <laughs> old, opening yeah, she, up. Yeah. She opening loved up being the called the Hoggers. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> First day of acting class, she would always be like, go be the Hoggers. Yeah. yeah. I am the Hoggers. Uh, <laughs> it's time for the acting. This is Big D over here. Oh, man. I was Big worried D. about Big D. Big D is great. Yeah, no need to worry. He's great. You're <clears throat> like, why? Do, he doesn't want to dirty a glass, so drink right from the pitcher. No yeah. questions asked. Like it's a mug. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I kind of ship Big D and Rita a little bit. I think they're going to be a cute couple going forward. Yeah. Definitely. Big Dita. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Any other moments from the episode you guys would like to call out in particular? Um, I like the way that the the Bureau of Normalcy is scary. Like they do yes. a good job of taking them because they're sort of lame in other episodes of the series um, or in different ways sort of throughout. And in this, the fact that I love the trick of like, hey, look at my elbow. And that's oh, yeah. Got the, that was, that was cool. weird. Um, and then uh, getting into the the capture I thought was really intense and scary. Yeah. I did like the uh, kind of Jane freaking out at Rita being like, I'm not living in a 90s rom-com like Karen. You mm-hmm. know, even though I kind of felt personally insulted by that line, I thought it was enjoyable. I also really love Jane's, uh, instead of calling Vic a dickwad, she calls him a hey, Vicwad. Very mm-hmm. enjoyable. Very yeah. funny. Great improv technique. Good stuff overall. Before we wrap up here. Oh, wait, I have two more things to say. Oh, yeah. um, I think uh, I love the speech that Clara gives. Um, live life like uh, ice cream on a hot day. That was cool. A lot of good moments in there. And of course we have to speech mention. speech was really beautiful. We have to mention Animal Vegetable Mineral Man who mm-hmm. won't testify against his raptor head. Same. Yeah. I wouldn't I do that what? either. Let it ride. <laughs> Uh, wait, Pete, were you going to say something about Animal Vegetable, vegetable Mineral Man? Uh, yeah, I just like the shout out. Oh, okay, great. Good to hear it. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up then, let's talk about who was most doomed in the episode. Pete, first over to you. Who was most doomed? Well, I feel like Big D is the most doomed. We'll never see him again. And, uh, you know, it's kind of sad. You know, maybe him and Rita could have hit it off. At first, I was really worried. But then it just seemed like it was a guy who maybe drinks too much and is not that bad of a person. I'll tell you what. I got a hard disagree with you there. I think Big D is living his best life, 
drinking all that beer, eating all that chicken, talking to pretty ladies, doing whatever he wants to do. He seems he's, to have a connection with Shireen in a good exactly. way. So there you go. I think it's all good with him. I'm going to say, ooh, there's a lot of people that are pretty. Francis? Uh, I'm going to give it up to John. There's, uh, as we talked about, might be dead, might be napping, not 100% sure. Either way, he doesn't have a lot of good days left at this point. So <laughs> that's things good. not looking well. What we're going to do, we do most doomed, then we do most sleepy as well. <laughs> so we'll also, John, in my estimation. That makes oh, a lot man. of sense. Um, for most doomed for me, I'm going to go with Cliff. I feel like he had the chance to actually connect with his daughter and he couldn't do it. Um, and when you take a swing like he did, I, don't, I think it's going to be really hard for him to take another one. So it feels like he's really up against it um, with his emotional arc. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like I, I we didn't really talk about this, but I kind of disagree with you a little bit there, Justin, just because I think his takeaway was hearing that speech he realized Bump actually versus the nightmare he had a couple of episodes back was the father that Clara needed, was the father he never was for her. So I think that's why he left. So, yes, maybe he's the most doomed. Maybe he won't be able to take that swing again. But I think ultimately he got he heard what he needed to hear to move on with his life at this point. I don't know. Maybe. But I mean, he left without talking to her. I think he because he was walking in there to give her the watch yep. and then he saw her and realized that he couldn't so he may have that may have been closure for him but it it also feels like it was a bit of a bail and maybe there's more to be done here maybe if you'd like to support our podcast patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every tuesday night at 7 p.m to crowdcast and youtube please come out we'd love to chat with you about doom patrol itunes android spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow the show at comic book live on twitter comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more and now a piece of advice from pete lepage uh don't kill napping people just shake them <laughs> How's it going at the nursing home, by the way? <laughs> I, I got Not fired. Well. I, yeah, I oh, got fired. I'm so sorry to hear that. Fired People in jail. don't like being shaken awake, turns out. Shake and wake, I always say. Shake and wake, man. <laughs>